Hello, everyone. Welcome to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. I'm David, and with me, as always, is... Jeff! This is our final mini-cast for the Survivor Caramoan finale, and we're actually not really going to be talking about Survivor Caramoan that much. We're going to be talking about what's to come on Survivor, uh, specifically Survivor Season 27, Blood vs. Water. Uh, we're going to be talking with the one and only Edna Ma. She's going to be back on, one of our favorite guests to talk to, um, hearing her thoughts on the, the potential twist coming up, and then uh, also just what, what are her thoughts of twists in general. Yes. Uh, should be really fun to talk to Edna. We've had her on the podcast before. One of my favorite guests. I think she's awesome. So yeah. I'm really excited to have her on again. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's not bury the lead here. Let's, let's get her on. Actually, David, we do have a small reason to bury the lead, um, and that is for the first ever David and Jeff Survivor Podcast promo for Alpha Ranger Endure. So we'll show that before we talk to Edna. Hey, guys, this is David, and with me, as always, is... Jeff. We're interrupting the podcast here for a really unique opportunity, and that is something called Alpha Ranger Endure. You know, you're all big Survivor fans listening to this. I'm a huge Survivor fan. Jeff is almost as big a Survivor fan as me. But uh, <laughs> I've always dreamed, you know, what would it be like to play Survivor? It'd be really cool to, to get to experience that. And Alpha Ranger Endure is an opportunity to play Survivor. Uh, Jeff and I have done Facebook orgs. This is taking it to the next level, uh, and it is doing a sort of actual vacation where you're playing a survivor-like game. That's right, David. Uh, Alpha Ranger Endure is a really cool new concept coming to you soon here in March 2014, and they've got a really great game format set up. And basically how it works is you're not out in the, uh, the jungle for 39 days. You don't have to give up your life. You don't have to, you know, beg a casting department to come and uh, come to LA and do interviews. You don't have to stay silent about it for a year. You really, it's great. You just sign up to go. It's a seven-day vacation out in a uh, out in a location, and literally, you don't have to go through any casting process. You can just sign up and go, and uh, it's great because once you're voted off of the Survivor format, you can blab all over Facebook. You can talk about it however much you want just as soon as you're voted out. And it's not going to be on TV, so there's no, like, embarrassment factor to this. It's simply an experience made for the people who are going to be, who are going to be there. And the other great thing is once you're voted off, this company has an absolutely wonderful, wonderful package set up for you. You get to stay in a hotel. All your meals are already paid for, and uh, you still get to watch the game. You can still participate in the challenges with the other people who have been voted off. And uh, it's just a really great format to, to go have a really good time for seven days and play one of the games that you, uh, that you know and love. And the best part is the winner of Alpha Ranger Endure gets to play for free. And uh, there's a, there's some other differences to Survivor, and you can check that out on their website, and we'll send that link to you a little bit later. Yeah, and this isn't some guy inviting you to his backyard to come play Survivor. I mean, this is uh, this is going to be a legit company, and, and they're, uh, the folks running it are trying to stay true to the core of the game, uh, and they, they have some... You know, bigger names helping them with this. Uh, some of the people on their team includes uh, Josh Barra, who uh, is the creator of Survivor Bush, if you've seen that on YouTube. So they're getting these people who have done Survivor-type competitions before, uh, but giving them a larger pay scale to really make this game uh, truly the best it could be and enjoyable for everyone. 
So, David, how do you think you do on something like Alpha Ranger Endure, where people aren't cast, but they just get a go? Well, I, I clearly think I'm going to win. But, uh, <laughs> I would at least... Uh, let, let's say you and I are on this together. Right, right, right. Uh, I think we have a very overt alliance. We can't make a secret because everyone knows we're on a podcast together. But I think <laughs> it's good. We can we can uh, fake a fight or something uh, and uh, you know have a final two deal. And then I'll just have to betray you before you betray me. Well, let, let's hope that I can turn that around and maybe uh, betray you before you betray me. But what would you say would be your strongest uh, aspect? you think you're better physically, socially, or strategically? Uh, probably the strength for me would be strategically, being able to see things ahead of time, and then hopefully socially as well. I think I get along with pretty much most people. Yeah, uh, I would... Phys physically... Uh, <laughs> I can hold my own, but I'm not going to be the all-star. Right. I'd say that my two best would be socially and strategically as well. Although, again, like you, I think I could hold my own physically, but uh, there's a reason that I watch Survivor on TV <laughs> and don't play it myself. This yeah, is... here's, here's a te uh, an experience to truly just have fun, to play the game, get a glimpse of what it would be like to play Survivor without uh, going through all the legit health concerns of actual Survivor. Absolutely. And, you know, it's actually really great because one of the things that they promise is for the winner of Alpha Ranger Endure, they do promise a recommendation letter to the casting department of Survivor. So if you go on the show and you, or you go on Alpha Ranger Endure and you think that a bigger version of the game might be for you, then they'll happily write a recommendation letter for you to be on uh, the CBS show Survivor, which is really great. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great it's a chance to hone your skills. You may it's very easy to think that you would do very well. Well now here's a situation where you can see, oh, maybe I should uh, improve on on this before I actually want to uh, actually get an on survival. Right, right, right. And so the way that they're really doing this is a fan-led campaign, or what they're calling a crowdfunding campaign. And it's going to be a lot like Kickstarter, except it's on the website Indiegogo, if you've ever heard of that. And really the way that they're doing it is to prove to the sponsors that there are enough people who want to play this game. And so if you are interested in uh, Alpha Ranger or Alpha Ranger Endure, you should go make your voices heard on Indiegogo. And we'll make sure to put, that, uh, put the link on our website. And... If you make your voice heard there, if you donate some money, this project really could take off. And uh, as a bonus, anyone who backs that campaign will grab a higher spot on the waiting list for people who can go on these experiences. So if this is something you think that you really want to do, um, make sure that you back the campaign there, and that'll give you a better chance of getting into the experience sooner. Yeah, and you know, David, it's it's hard for some people because, you know, not everyone has the money to give to a project like this or something like that. So are there any other ways that you can think of to help uh, help out Alpha Ranger Endure? Absolutely. So it's the college student who, <laughs> who I'm sure uh, is, has a lot of expenses for yourself, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, so the main, the main thing is to spread the word about it. Give it buzz. If we can, if we can make it a priority to, to get out, get exposure, and let people know that it exists, that's all the better, too. So find it on Facebook. Uh, on and Twitter and other social medias, uh, tweet about it, post about it, uh, and just share about it with your friends. If you're in any group, survivor groups, hey, tell them, hey, look, this is coming. This interests you. You know, help support it. Uh, let's let's get this uh, thing to become a reality. Yeah, and we'll be posting links and things like that all throughout uh, Blood versus Water. 
So make sure that you can come to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast, get all the links for Alpha Ranger and Doran, keep, keep yourself updated, and make sure to keep your friends updated all over Facebook and Twitter as well. Yeah, so check out Alpha Ranger Endure. The, uh, the, the link, the short link for it is uh, bit.ly slash alpha ranger. Again, we'll have it posted on our website, so uh, in case you don't remember that, uh, just go on our website, survivorpodcast.blogspot.com. Look, uh, uh, look and find it. We'll also uh, post it on our uh, Facebook page, too. Yeah, and make sure that you uh, keep downloading Survivor or David and Jeff's Survivor podcast on iTunes. We'll keep you updated on the status of Alpha Ranger Endure and let you know how they're doing on our crowd on their crowdfunding campaign. And make sure that you're uh, connected with them as much as possible. Absolutely. So uh, come and support. This is a really great way uh, for the Survivor community to have another opportunity to to play Survivor. I know Jeff and I have uh, uh, really been into Facebook orgs or Facebook survivor games. This is sort of taking it to the next level of that and uh, playing real-life games, but not quite the competitive level of actual survival. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to this unique opportunity. I hope you take uh, advantage of it if it interests you. And now let's get right back to our podcast. All right, we now have Edna Ma back on the podcast with us. We're so excited to have you back. How are you doing, Edna? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for having me back. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. I would assume Jeff is as well. I'm always happy to have people on the podcast, but especially Edna. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we've been uh, wrapping up the, the past season of Survivor, and now we're sort of looking ahead to uh, the the future season of Survivor, Survivor 27. Uh, Jeff Propes sort of uh, spilled the beans that it was going to be blood versus water, and they've sort of now even officially released what that means. So uh, we wanted to get uh, a, a former Survivor's thoughts on this uh, new twist. So Edna, what are your thoughts on the blood versus water twist for the upcoming season? Well, I think that it's going to be very, very fascinating to see how these bonds kind of hold up, and and it'd be interesting to see how they define blood too. So, like, is it actually a relative, or is it somebody who is a spouse or a life partner? Because that's not technically blood, although there's that very tight relationship. And it'd be interesting to see how they um, initially form the tribes. So Will be returning players on one team, and uh, I just had a. a brain fart returning players on one team or the, the loved ones on the other one or how are they going to split that up or is it going to be a combination of these things and what type of twists are we kind of uh they're kind of going to throw into the mix yeah i think that's the the thing that most intrigues me is how they're going to split up the tribes because i think you i mean obviously you have the options of blood versus water some of them are related you know family members others are through you know dating or marriage uh, are they going to divide it where it's the you know blood relatives versus the the married relatives? Or are they going to do all returning players versus uh, all the loved ones? And personally, I'd like to see it all returning players versus all loved ones because I think that, what would, I think so too. What would, would happen is if you don't do it that way, then I think what's going to happen is the loved one is just going to you know follow behind whoever the person who actually has been on Survivor before and they're their returning player and just do whatever they say and then you basically are entering a tribe with five pairs as opposed to you know ten individual players i think it makes it more intriguing uh 
initial tribe versus tribe challenges because your strategy totally is going to change if your loved one is voted out on the other on the other tribe before you get to a merge situation Mm -hmm. so do is it if you're in an alliance with somebody who's loved ones been voted off are they more or less likely going to want to stay in the game and are they more or less valuable are they a bigger threat because their family member is gone or are they a bigger you know it it just adds a completely new social dynamic to the game or you know this oh look the other tribe voted out this person's loved one well we can keep them then because we know they don't have that person when it comes merge so let's vote the off the other person who still has a loved one in it right and then it's because then the dynamics change again when you reach a jury i mean we reach the post-merge and you have juries and loved ones being voted off or family members being voted off um and they're now on the jury yeah like, can you imagine, like, a Final Four scenario where you have to decide, do you want to take your loved one to the final two or the final three, or do you want to put your loved one on the jury so that they'll vote for you in the final three? You know, that's, that's really complicated, yeah. It's like, it's hard, it's a hard kind of mix-up because your odds, depending on, um, depending on who's, if it is a fourth person arriving on the jury, it's like splitting that prize money up, you have to kind of decide whether or not the reality is, is, is it going to be one of the, what's the odds of one somebody winning of your, of the two of you versus having just like prize money, fourth vote. place. Yeah, exactly. Fourth or fifth place or something like that. It's, it's hard to predict. Yeah. And yeah. here's another thing, you know, one of the rules is you can't conspire with other people to share the money. You yeah. have a married couple on there. They're going to be sharing the money no matter what. Right. I'd, I'd imagine that that rule will kind of be amended to mean that you can't conspire to share it maybe between couples or something because there's just no way that they can honestly say a married couple can't. I mean, look at Robin Amber, right? They weren't even married when they went on the show. Um, and they're, I mean, obviously shared the money. That's just not even, no one even cares, I don't think. So I think that that's going to have to be either amended or they're just kind of kind of have to look over that or you know overlook that rule. It's but I think another possible. right. I think another really interesting social dynamic too will be the difference between the way a married couple and a dating couple and a, you know a, a parent and child all interact with each other because if you have a parent child relationship, there's a kind of a power imbalance there obviously the parent is the more powerful person in that relationship whereas the uh child would be the inferior one and is that going to stay the same way on the island versus uh you know couples where there's not necessarily that same kind of relationship there too like if what if the offspring is the one who's the returning player and then the loved one is who in a normal circumstance the loved one would have more of the seniority and power in the relationship but if the the offspring is the returning player, then gen- they would have a higher um, higher rank in the power right. arrangement. Yeah. It, it like, just th- adds a whole new dynamic to Survivor. Right. And I think, you know, a lot of people have been complaining about this twist and think that it's, you know, unfair and it's not what Survivor's really about. But at the point where we're 27 seasons in, and I think we can kind of all concede that Survivor's nothing like it was in season one... I think it is going to be kind of exciting to watch these new dynamics with the kind of duo consciousness that this just isn't the same. It's not going to be the same game, and one expects it to be the same game. I think they can't expect 
the same show for 27 seasons. That would be pretty ridiculous. And you would kind of, it would be too boring, too, and a little bit predictable, too. That's why they had to come up with Redemption Island and such. Right. Speaking of which, there are rumors that Redemption Island will also be back this upcoming season. As someone who has experienced the Redemption Island, Chris, what is your thought on that? I, I think that, I think for this this new um, Blood versus Water twist, it's a bit too much to throw another variable in, because it's already going to be kind of interesting as it is to return. I. I I thought Redemption Island at first was great. I'm like, okay, great. These people are going to come back. They have a second chance to come and relive the game and try to fight. But to be honest with you, nobody else wants to be out there on Redemption Island. And that's why I think you see whoever's stuck out there, like Matt Elrod, he was stuck out there for ages because nobody wanted to be stuck out there by themselves. <laughs> and so they may be intentionally lost. And as a as somebody who was out there, I, I just felt like psychologically defeated. Um having been voted out by my alliance, and that happened with um, Matt as well. He was voted out by his alliance, got back in the game, and then was, like, promptly voted out again. Yeah. So, I um, mean, I felt like that would probably would have happened to me, too. And so, frankly, I'm not a fan of the whole Redemption Island. The only reason I could think that they were bringing it back is because so they could do, oh, look, it's person versus their loved one, head-to-head challenge, you know, sort of a thing. Yeah, I could see that. That would, but, yeah. but I think that maybe if these people are smart, they would already potentially have discussed this. Like, let's just say, for example, if it was a young returning a survivor player versus their father, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, let's just kind of hash it out here. The odds of you likely winning is going to be greater than mine. So let's just favor it that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think you'd have even more people conceding to their, you know, respected loved ones. Exactly. I think that if, if anybody's smart, they would have planned ahead, um, or at least like the night before at Redemption Island, talk about what the strategy is moving forward in the next round. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not, I'm, I already don't, I don't already don't like the Redemption Island format for that. Sorry. Yeah. Well, and I, I've talked with Jeff about this and other people, and I think this would have been an even better twist if it wasn't with returning players. If you had new people and their loved ones, I think that would be really fascinating to see. My, my biggest fear going into the next season is that the returning players will overshadow the loved ones and they will just, you know, they'll just be followers to whatever the returning players are doing, and we won't actually get to see, you know, that much of the loved ones. I think that's probably true every single time that they do have uh, returning players, and I think that I, th- I think that as you kind of get to know the returning players, or you have returning players, you get to kind of get to know them a little bit better, and you get to see them kind of grow compared to their first season. So I can see an advantage to that, and especially if you have people who are uh, fan favorites that can be um, that can be appealing to the audience. I mean, I think also, I think if it, you have a really a really intelligent new player, a returning player can be a really valuable asset to them. And I don't think we've ever seen anyone really use a returning player like that as an asset, kind of almost maybe as a Russell character 
where you, the returning player can take all the bullets and get all the heat because you know that that's the one everyone's going to focus on, where you are in the background kind of doing all of the real work and making sure that you, it's you who wins and not that returning player. Right, and I think that it's also... Um I think it's helpful to have, at least if we're introducing, like, a new concept, to not change too many variables. So, like, if they're all, like, loved ones and family members, it's kind of, like, hard to keep track who's related to who sometimes. So, by having, like, one set of returning players, it can keep, um, there's some familiarity in that format. Right. Although, now that I think about it, I guess you could say, in a way, Sophie might have done that to Coach kind of used coach as her shield as she went through the game, but I don't, not, maybe not as much as, not as, not to the extent that I'd like to see. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's valuable. So, um, we, we talked about the, the blood versus water twist. What are some twists that you have enjoyed in the past, Edna, that, uh, you wouldn't mind being seen again? We also, we, you just said you weren't a fan of Redemption Island, what are some of your favorite twists from the previous seasons? I've liked the the race, um, I think it's Cook Islands, the race tribes. Mm-hmm. But they had like four different tribes, and they were like separated by race. And um, did they have an Exile Island on that one too? Yep, yep. Yeah. I kind of like the Exile Island because you're kind of out there digging for this idol, and you're just like by yourself. And there's not, there's not like no duels and stuff like that. That kind of appeals to me. Yeah, the biggest difference between XL Island and Redemption Island is XL Island, you're still in the game, so you're by yourself, but you're using it to potentially help you back into it. Where at Redemption Island, like you said earlier, you're just sort of, you just got defeated. <laughs> you just got maybe blindsided or you you know, people voted you out and now you just have to be by yourself. <laughs> so I like those two components for sure, because it's like <laughs> people people's natural tendency is to like lump people in categories and be it race or somebody's out- outwardly appearance, be it their weight or whatever, um, or the way they even dress their, put, have their clothes. So for example, Matt from last season, he had the beard and all you have like automatic kind of associations, um, with somebody who carries himself like that. So I think that that would be kind of fun to see people who are like groups of people for whatever they are. Um, kind of, I I think you just suggested a fatties versus skinny (laughs) people. I think that's what just happened. There can be, can you imagine? That'd be be pretty hilarious. It'd be worse than Palau. (laughs) <laughs> in terms of dominance. Um, but there would be... Yeah, I don't know if they would even pass medical for that, but uh, it would be... So what's that great... Uh, the Biggest Loser? Yeah, the they're biggest combining loser. shows. Half Biggest Loser, half Survivor. Can you imagine? Although the fatties, we would win the eating challenge. <laughs> but that would be funny. Wouldn't it be funny if they didn't win the eating challenge? <laughs> right? That would be funny. Or it could uh, be, you know, bearded tattoo people versus, you know, tattoo yeah. people. You could have these, like, guys who are, like, big, muscular guys, like Russell Swan together, and then, like, he couldn't, he's worthless at challenges. <laughs> and then you have all these people who, like, trained, like, um, swimmers or versus, like, CrossFit versus, you know, whatever you want to group. Uh, do you watch Big Brother, Edna, at all? I don't, actually. 
the it's one season they they sort of had this twist where it was they divided the the contestants into four different groups: jocks, the popular people, yeah. the geeks, and then the offbeats. I think was the last one. It's like the um, bra- brains versus brawn. I think that would be kind of fun. Like it doesn't, like you know, Cochran won last season, so it's like you don't expect him. You know, he he survived the first two votes for sure. I I would have thought that if it was a grouped game at that point, why didn't they vote him off? Like his feet were swollen into sausages, and um, he, he survived and won the game. So it doesn't necessarily mean all strength. So that would be kind of a fun twist too. Yeah. Any other twists you liked in the past, Edna? There are probably, but uh, no, no, no. So not it's mostly the Cook Islands one. But um, the other suggestions probably wouldn't be very politically correct. So we'll just refrain from that. (laughs) (laughs) One twist that we've now had for more than half of Survivor, and that's still controversial, is the hidden immunity idol. And it kind of started as this little like, you know. It, it was there, but it was only there for a couple episodes, and it was only used once. Yeah. And now it becomes, like, a main feature in almost every episode. Either someone's yeah. finding it or using it. Do you Is think that the Hidden Immunity Idol should play as big of a role as it does now, or do you think they should take it back like it used to be? So, the, I think the way that they play, the contestants play it, um, has a lot to do with how it's kind of portrayed. Like, at any time, there's only two immunity idols that can be in play. But it sure felt like this last season, there was like eight, because they kept <laughs> using them, and being they kept being recycled in the game. Yeah. And so, I thought that they were... I thought it was a little bit too much immunity idol. <laughs> yeah. But but you know this I the way that this idol is is played is much better than, you know, playing it after the votes were casted. Of course this That's is a, a, yeah. it's it, it's a little bit more interesting to see people will they play it or are they just saying that they're going to play. It? So that is better than um, announcing it after the votes are read. Right. I agree. It would be fun to see, like, a religious talking about religion a little bit earlier. Um, That would be sort of an interesting twist if you had people of various religious backgrounds, all of different tribes. Probably not the most politically correct. (laughs) It would definitely (laughs) be interesting. But we have maybe, like, um, Brandon on a, a a team. Just, can we find enough people like Brandon? Exactly. <laughs> Sabotage. Um, what are your thoughts on tribal swaps or shuffles in the game? I think that okay, sometimes it can be fun, and, and sometimes it just feels very terrible. Like last this last season where um, the swap was like every single, the new, with the new swap, they had one team with all the muscles were just like all on one team. Yeah. And it was painful to watch. And in fact, um, what was the one challenge where they had to carry the weight and they had to walk around in, um, yeah. in a, a, an ellipse and they had to carry the weight until people kind of dropped out. So apparently um, before that challenge, Jeff basically told um, Phillip's team, and I think it was um, Cochran was on that team as well. It's like, you realize that you're going to lose this challenge. Yeah. <laughs> And they said he said that before they ran the challenge. So it's like that is very unfortunate. Like there's, you just feel like there's no, there's no, there's no challenge there. Yeah, and, it's almost um, better. Through the motion. 
it's almost better if there is more producer control in the aspect of dividing, you know, in these tribe swaps, because that way at least they can divide them evenly. You know, what I did like was um, when Shambo went to the other tribe for like a couple days and kind of lived with them, that kind of put an interesting twist on it, too. Like, you're not really, you're kind of sent away to go gather information, but what you choose to do with that information is up to you. They yeah, haven't some done sort that. Of kidnapping twist. They did that in China fairly successfully too. Gave us some really good storylines. But that wasn't really like a tribal swap necessarily. Yeah. But you just kind of see whether or not it's what they're telling you, feeding you, is truth or not truth. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, and I think even the you go back to the very first you know tribal swap. What it was was each tribe chose three people to go. And they didn't even realize until afterwards that they were switching. But I think that one was even better because then your tribe's sort of controlling who goes and who, who comes back. And you're, I found that a little interesting. Because you can kind of control who's trustworthy. That basically tells you who's trustworthy and who's not in the tribe, too. Yeah. I feel like nowadays, though, people would get what's going on. You'd have to really find a way to trick them. Or, or you just have somebody like me who's like totally gullible, and I would believe everything that was going on. <laughs> <laughs> or do, or do like they did in China, where you choose who comes from the other tribe. You know, I, I yeah. think there's lots. That's of... actually good. I like that. I mean, because then you, the other tribe gets to choose rather than having all the control. Yeah. So I, I think there's lots of interesting ways of doing it, but I think the biggest risk they have is when they're like, "All right, everyone, grab a." colored, you know, thing full yeah. of paint and smash it on yourself. I don't, I don't, you, you I'm, have, not, I'm not keen on that. Yeah, you have no control over what's going to happen with these tribes. And obviously, yeah. it hurt the one tribe who was clearly, you know, physically weaker, but then it also hurt all of the fans. <laughs> right, well, and that was, the, the hurting the fans part was orchestrated, because Jeff Probst gave the favorites one tray of eggs and gave the fans another tray of eggs, which meant that the favorite's tray of eggs was split 4-4, four, four, and the fan's tray of eggs was split 3-3. Three, three. Whereas if they, he had all take them, had them all take from, like, one communal bowl, maybe it, could have, it wouldn't have hurt the fans as much. True that. Jeff, any twists you'd like to see in the future of Survivor? Um, you know, as much as I, like, I don't know. I feel like a good twist that could provide a lot of funny moments would just be to have no twists. Of just a back to basics, but don't tell anyone. Like, make everyone think that it's just going to be a regular season of Survivor, like it has been the last five years. There's going to be don't tell people there's going to be hidden immunity idols, but they'll all think there's going to be hidden immunity idols. They'll all think there's going to be a tribe swap. Have a merge at ten, final two, seven person jury, and people will flip out. That would be kind of going back to the original. That would be yeah. crazy. Yeah, but it's it's like. They, they show all these clips of all these people searching for hidden immunity idols when there are none hidden in the game. <laughs> right. And one twist that I've always advocated for that I've never even, that, that I don't even think is feasible, just in the way, how would you tell the story, it'd be really hard, um, is to have two, start two games of uh, you know, eight or 20 people or whatever um, at the same time, and then when they merge at 10... Like, each different game merges at 10, and then they come together, and they're another new game, with each quote-unquote merged tribe being a new tribe of 10 
to fight a, to go against the other Tribe of Ten in a new 20-person game of Survivor, but they don't know about each other until that point. I think that would be fun, but totally So that feasible. would almost have to take, like, the whole year, two seasons worth, to tell one, right. one story. Right. So again, infeasible, but I think it would be kind of interesting. Gosh, you have thought about it a lot more than I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always, you know... Another thing I've always thought would be be sort of interesting is to, you know, have a merge, vote, you know, have a merge at 12, vote two to four people out, and then go back into tribes again. Oh, that would be interesting. And then, you know, surprise, it's no longer, we're back to tribes, do that a couple times, and then go back to individual again. But sort of uh, really get people on their toes. Last time they tried that, though, people were not happy, because that was in Fiji. Well, right. well, the way they did it that time is that they weren't actual tribes. It was, oh, for this immunity challenge, we're just going to do it in teams, sort of a thing. I think if it was more, you know, distinct, like, all right, we have merged for a couple episodes. Now we are going back to tribes and give them new buffs and go through the official process. I think right. people would be less upset about it. I just don't want them to be, like, for immune, immunity and reward. That is just, like, the lamest. Yeah, oh, yeah. They, they need to separate that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and with Redemption Island, that's all we're going to have is <laughs> immunity yeah. and reward challenges. If that indeed yeah. comes back. Sucks. <laughs> Edna, do you prefer seasons with new people or returning players? I like the returning players. Actually, because it, you just get to see them how they are different from before. Um, I feel as though, like with Ozzy, you got to see him was like he was much younger when the first time he played, a lot more athletic, and then he kind of matured in the other aspect, but probably not as physically dominating. But he's still upon a coconut tree, better than anybody. And then you see Coach, who was like apparently very very crazy initially, and then grew to be less crazy. <laughs> And then, like, um, Rob, I guess he played, that's his fourth time? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you can see his growth there, and he obviously did very well. Um, and I think with, um, you know, Philip was not so much pink underwear, Philip. Yeah. Um, and you got to see him be less kind of, I, I don't think he's, um, I don't think he's that crazy, but I'll just say that. I think he does a lot of for entertainment value, kind of create these scenarios just like for Stealth RS, just to kind of kill the time a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, obviously um, Dawn played a very different game. To see, uh, the fact that you have these returning players, you get to see how they've transformed themselves and how they kind of took control of their destiny a little bit more this time. Yeah. Same with John. Definitely. I think there's there's pros and cons to both of it. And um, I think returning players can work and cannot work just like any of the other twists. It's all, you know, how they do it and how they, uh, you know, edit it and show it to us. Yeah, and I think that you have some, if you get, of course it can be exclusively without... Um, all returning players cause it can be kind of boring. But having... Um, People like Reynolds, I thought, did a really, really great job. Um, Eddie as well. Um, and you get these real real big finds um, that are good narrators and good challenges. And same with Malcolm, for that matter. 
Yeah. Well, uh, we thank you for coming on and talking with us, but before we let you go, there is a twist. Oh. But this oh, twist... Oh, David. This twist is for Jeff. Oh. Because what? unbeknownst to you, Edna and I have set up a game that you are going to play. What? Yeah. Uh, this is a game called He Said, She Said. Uh, uh, Edna and I both answered ten questions, and I'm going to give you... <laughs> an answer and you have to tell us who said oh, it either no. myself or Edna you surprised okay. Jeff <laughs> are these questions about Survivor or are they about no, no no they're not like trivia questions they're opinion questions well I know but are they opinions about Survivor or about no, life about life okay alright and you have to guess who said this one alright this is actually okay. very good this would be actually a very good um, uh, did you get this for Challenge. your wedding what, like a wedding game? Yeah, this would be a fun wedding game. Yeah, like I'm um, having your um, your tables and your guests fill these questions out, and then whoever wins, like wins the the um, bouquet of flowers that are in the middle, or like some sort of a door prize or something. There you go. Edna, maybe your next business is to be a wedding planner. <laughs> I love weddings. I, would, I, <laughs> I I love it. I would love that job. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, since David's getting married, congratulations, well, by the way. Oh, yeah, that. David, congratulations. <laughs> yes. Apparently, you're not supposed to say congratulations to a guy. You're supposed to say best of luck. <laughs> <laughs> I can no, understand serious. that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, um, I stop. Uh, let, we'll let Jeff answer the question. All right, Jeff, are you okay. ready? Yes. <laughs> she sounds so excited. <laughs> well, I just don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> You're not. Uh, no. Okay, first question. What would be the most fun activity to do on the moon? Which one of us said play basketball? Probably Edna. That is correct. That's very what good. Did you say, David? I said kung fu fighting. I feel like basketball would be more fun. There's more, like, projectiles. By projectiles, <laughs> like you you're mean... Of, the, you're playing with gravity, you know? The like one be, ball. Kung <laughs> would be pretty cool, though. Like you kick them and they go, like, a mile back? <laughs> Although I guess that would sort of end the fight, but... <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta get that first kick Yeah, it'd be in. fun you're while good. it lasted, Yeah. <laughs> All right, next question. What's the best dessert? Who said pineapple upside down cake? Oh. Um, I feel like that's a little bit too exquisite for David, so I'm going to say it was Edna. David is more exquisite than I am. <laughs> that was mine, Jeff. <laughs> What did you say, Edna? Ice cream and cake. Oh, that's good, too. <laughs> it is very good. Just good old basics. Yeah. I just didn't peg you, because I know that, David, that you're as for the next, like, two hours. You're a bachelor. <laughs> and so I didn't think that you'd be making pineapple upside down oh, cake. Oh, I don't make the cake. I just eat it, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> I've Fair never enough. made one in my life, but I will eat it, surely. <laughs> Sounds, uh, I guess that's fair, then. All right, next question. What would be the worst place to wake up? Who said in a coffin? Oh. Um, I think that was probably David. 
That is correct. Good job. I, I think more because I would think Edna would have a more humorous answer, like a more uh, joke answer. What I was said, that answer? I said, um, in vomit. Oh, well, that would suck, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny at all. <laughs> it's, it's, it's question, what's the worst place to wake up? That would be pretty bad. That would be very bad. I think either one and of those would, would be, be worse. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Buried oh. alive. Let's just hope that the coffin isn't lined with vomit. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lose-lose situation. There you go. All right, next question. What's the best breakfast cereal? Who said Frosted Flakes? Who was wrong is the correct question. <laughs> um, let's see, the last... Oh, I think that was probably Edna, but I have no reason why. Yeah, That's actually, correct. it was me, and um, we have a lot of Frosted Flakes, primarily because uh, my husband loves it, so that's what I tend to eat. That's fair. David, what was your answer? Cinnamon Life. Cinnamon, never heard of it. Life cinnamon cereal? Life, oh, so it's like the life... To, oh, Cinnamon Life, okay. Yes, yes. Life What's cereal. What's your wrong? Cocoa Puffs. Oh. <laughs> and if, I guess if we're allowing, like, cereals that have been discontinued, French Toast Crunch. Oh, yeah. That's some delicious stuff right there. That's pretty good. I like my my other one is peanut butter Captain Crunch. I do like that. I like um, Lucky Charms too because I like the marshmallows. Yeah. Delicious. No one actually likes Lucky Charms for any other reason than the marshmallows. <laughs> exactly. And the rest of the stuff is just wasting. Air, wasting right, it's just sweet. You might as well eat Cheerios. It's al- it's almost healthy. <laughs> All right, question number five, Jeff. Here we go. What's the best Beatles song? Who said, when I'm 64? What? Who did say that? Um, uh, I'm going to say that was probably David. Incorrect. Oh, Edna. Yeah, this is very romantic. <laughs> it's a really I don't, I, That's actually, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Beatles, and I don't even think I've, I may have heard it, but I don't remember. Is it, it. Is it, is it technically a Beatles song, or is it just a Paul McCartney song? No, it's a Beatles song, yeah. Okay. I can't, I don't remember the name of the song, like, so it was 64. Yeah. I'm going to look, I'm gonna have to look it up. When I'm 64, it. yeah. What was your answer, David? My answer, uh, I'm a sucker for their, the very first song on their first album, Solar Standing There. Like, it's so upbeat and That's peppy. That's a good song. It's, it's... There's some pretty amazing ones. Yeah. All right, next question. What would be the most fun thing to throw off a tall building? Who said whipped cream? Ooh, that is a good answer. Um, that was probably David. Again, you'd be incorrect. Oh, man. <laughs> How long have you guys known each other? <laughs> uh, not long enough, apparently. I need to go to SoCal and eat. What did you say, David? I said slime. Oh, well, those are in the same vein. Yeah, same vein, but... but at least it would be um, less gross. Whipped cream seems less gross Yeah, like, oh, it, it's on me, but you, like, could eat it, so... Yeah. <laughs> I could see David standing under a tall building one day just hoping someone throws down whipped cream. <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> all right, next question. What's the most overrated movie of all time? Oh. Who said Avatar? 
Are you going to let me... Can you tell me what the other answer was? I'd rather not. Oh, okay. Right, we can try it. Why don't you just tell us? Alright, we'll try it once. The other one is the Dark Knight. Oh. So that way we can kind of, um, you know, it makes it, it, it'd be interesting since we haven't done it for the first six questions. Yeah. Oh, the Dark Knight's good, too. Um, I bet Avatar, I would imagine that David said Avatar and Edna said the Dark Knight. You'd be wrong. Oh my gosh, I'm doing so poorly. I was doing well there for a while. Uh, David, you don't like The Dark Knight? No, the, the Dark Knight is a good movie, but I don't think it's up to the hype. I actually prefer probably both of the other two of the Batman trilogy to that one. So it's not that I think it's a, a bad movie by any any means, but I just think it's overhyped. David, tell me, is it difficult living a lie? <laughs> Um, not really. I like to frustrate you, so it works out. Fair enough. I understand Avatar, Edna. I would agree with you. Thank you, thank you. I, I agree with that one as well. But Next question. Who would be the most interesting person to take a class from? Who said Neil Patrick Harris? As only if the class was on, like, being a bro or being awesome. Um, I would bet Edna said Neil Patrick Harris. You would be wrong again. <laughs> before the podcast, okay, okay, I just want to point out, before the podcast, we had a conversation about how great Neil Patrick Harris was, and Edna was on the forefront of that committee. <laughs> but who brought it up, <laughs> very intentionally? Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's okay. You have two what more questions. Two more questions to redeem yourself. What yeah. did Edna say? Edna Einstein. said Einstein. Yeah, that, I assume someone would say that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not smart enough to <laughs> want to... I, he'd be over my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, to be fair, you really need those classes on how to be awesome, so... <laughs> I was, Neil Patrick Harris does a lot of magic, so I thought I could learn some magic from him. That's true. All right, next question. Well, how many have I gotten right? Can I at least break even? Let's see, let's see. You got basketball, you got right. Yeah. Coffin. No, you got coffin. Coffin, right? I got coffin, right? Yeah. In Frosted Flakes, so you got three right. Okay, so I can break even. Yes. Okay. What would be the most inappropriate thing to say on a first date? Who said, can I have your babies? That's inappropriate to say on a first date. <laughs> well, now I know what I've been going wrong. <laughs> There's a reason uh, why I'm the one getting married, Jeff. <laughs> that's true. Um, I feel like... I feel like David would say that as an answer to this question. You'd be correct. Good. Oh, good. Okay. should get a little bell that rings. Ding, 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 ding. I should. What, what did you say, Edna? How much money do you make after expenses? <laughs> <laughs> add that little add that little caveat of after expenses. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. All right. So, this is for uh, breaking even, Jeff. Number 10. Yeah. All right. What should more people pay attention to? Who said stop signs? 
let's see. I know, David, you live in SoCal. Um, I do, too. I do, too. I oh, you, oh well, that's, that doesn't help me. Oh, if you live in L.A. David, where do you live in Southern California? The O.C. I'd imagine that stop signs... See, I would think that the traffic would be worse in Los Angeles, but I feel like there's not many stop signs, which is my dilemma. I will say that Edna said people need to pay more attention to stop signs. So close, but no. So close. Ah, what did you? What did she say? What did you say, Edna? I said the U.S. deficit. Oh, yeah. I, I, between the two of you, if, if I had, if you'd given me that one, I would have gotten it right. Exactly. That's why I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Four out of ten. Not bad, Jeff. Not David's bad. David's the most. David's the most apolitical person I've ever met in my life. Is he? Whenever. Whenever Clay, because there's another, there's a common guest that we have on the podcast named Clayton, and he and I differ greatly on politics. And whenever we go off on our rants, David just kind of sits in the background and doesn't say anything. Um, yeah, the U.S. deficit is like totally. It's for me. It's like doesn't it crosses all political boundaries. So um, it's gonna doesn't matter who's gonna be in office next. It's gonna be a serious major problem. Yeah, yeah, for well, everybody. Yeah, I don't think no matter what. Uh, <laughs> When, no matter what party you, political party you are, I think everyone would agree that the deficit is bad. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Edna, for coming on and uh, helping us uh, blindside Jeff with this game. It was uh, fantastic. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff, for being willing to participate. Thank uh, you, Jeff and David. Uh, Congratulations. Oh, thank you. And thank you again so much for being on the podcast. We'll definitely have to have you back on next season. Uh, once yes. we get to see the family twist in action. Yes. Awesome. All right. <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys soon. Yep. See you later. Travel Bye. safely. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Well, there you go. The one and only Edna Ma. Wonderful podcast. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I don't have much to add either. I, You guys killed me with that stupid game that I lost. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm glad we could blindside you with a twist. I was thinking about well, it, and I was, usually, usually it's us who blindsides the guests. Yes, and I was like, I want to do something different. And we've had Edna on before, so she knows our routine. So I had to, I had to think quick. And, well, uh, you got me, and uh, I. It was fun. I like I said before, I always enjoy talking to Edna, and she's got a really good view on Survivor and keeps up with the community so it's really good to have her on yeah and uh maybe we should uh learn more about each other jeff <laughs> maybe we should i'll come to socal sometime sounds good but uh thank you guys so much for listening uh it's been a fantastic season uh be sure to check out our list that we've been doing we have both parts one and two of uh, one hit wonders the list we did of uh people from reality tv shows that have only been on one season uh, check those out. We also have one coming up called Reality TV's Top Twists, where we Jeff and I make a list of the top ten twists of reality television. Um, so right along, along uh, the same lines as this one. So some of the twists that we mentioned here will probably be on our list. Yes. But uh, you can check out all that stuff on our website at survivorpodcast.blogspot.com. Yes, and make sure that you check us out on Facebook and iTunes, David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. We thank you so much for listening this entire season. 
and we hope you have a wonderful summer, and we will be back to podcast more with Survivor Blood versus Water. Yes. I look forward to it. I do as well. Thank you guys for listening. Goodbye. Bye.